I'm looking forward to this. I am too. So for this episode, we decided to watch uh, the movie Violent Night, which is a 2022 American Christmas action comedy film directed by Tommy Warcola and stars David Harbour as Santa Claus. Wait, is it Har... What's his name? Is it Harbour? Harbour, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry. Did I say it wrong? Okay, I'm going to I feel like you him. said Hargar. I probably did. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm like trying to like read it from this. Because I've got a lot to say about this... Okay, I'm very scrumptious man. Okay, so well, I don't think you need to start from the beginning. <laughs> okay, start where you want. Okay, start where you want. So for this episode, we decided to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna just How about we do this for our seasonal episodes where we want to get them out quickly? We don't get too into making it a perfect edit. Like I agree. I'll I'll go back and edit the parts where we like. I wanted to start over. Let me start over. Yeah. But like. Let's, this is the Wild West. This, this is, is Wild West. This is Violet Night. First of all, should I put a timer on so that we kind of keep us, ourselves like... I will say this. I'm going to edit this with the same care that the editors and screenwriters gave to writing this script <laughs> and editing it, okay? okay so, gonna... so get ready. So go ahead. Start over. All right. So for this episode, we watched Violent Night, which is a 2022 American Christmas action comedy film directed by Tommy Wercola and stars David Harbour as Santa Claus. Universal Pictures released the film in December of 2022, budgeted at $20 million, and the film received generally positive reviews from its critics and grossed uh, a $76.6 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, not horrible. Um, a sequel is currently in development. So it was a success. Yes. Yeah. And it's Violet Night. Yes. It's not meant to be taken too seriously, but we are here to pick it apart. So we're going to take things. I mean, I, I know in the back of my mind when I was watching this, I, I knew it wasn't meant to be anything other than fun, frivolity, silly violence for the sake of that. But I still do want to make some points. Yeah. Is it the flop that we are used to? No, no. Reviewing? Not necessarily. No, it's meant, it's lighthearted. Um, at the same time, uh, let's get into it. But I, I want to talk about the marketing for this film. Go ahead. I remember very specifically because David Harbour, um, he, him and I have a little dance. <laughs> that only you know about. <laughs> yeah, no, he does, he's not aware of this dance that huh. we dance. But um, it, it, he... Uh, he plays tiddlywinks with my heart. I love him. I think he's just a man's man. He's just a good looking guy. I would gladly have sex with him. You know, (laughs) just, I would. You're not alone in that. I'm no, uh, me and every other woman that has blood running through their veins. And so it is unfortunate that it took stranger things for people to realize that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But the marketing for this film is the poster was all around town and on the poster is him. He looks a little disheveled. He's in the Santa hat. It's a close-up picture of him. It was on, it was, the big poster was Hi- Hollywood and Highland, which I drive by for work. Mm-hmm. And the poster and the name of it, Violet Night, and just the look on the poster, I thought this was kind of going to be a uh, bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton yes, knockoff. Yes, 100%. Okay, so that's marketing's fault because that's not this film no. at all. And Bad Santa is so iconic, and I love David so much. I didn't want to watch him in a... Knockoff. Yeah. So I just skipped this film. Yep. And totally. I, I, I think that's marketing's fault. I had very similar There were so many other actors that are great that could have taken part in that poster, and we would have seen that this was so much more than uh, David just pretending to be a drunk, yeah. violent Santa. 
And it, it was, it's more than that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So I think marketing hurt this a little bit, although it still think, is a success. I don't think the marketing team really understood they the, didn't watch the film. the film or something. They, okay. Because I definitely, yeah, you're right. It's a completely different film than what they were advertising. The and it just makes you so... think, you know, was there a disconnect or was it done intentionally? Because we know that for some films that come through the studio systems, there's intent behind sort of maybe keeping audiences in the dark on certain things. Sure, but... To get them into the seats. But I don't see why... That, that, I think it hurt. I think it really, really hurt it. And I agree with you. There's not, they, you don't want to lift up your skirts <laughs> and show all the goods. <laughs> but at the same time, it looked like he was a drunk mall cop Santa. Which I don't know about you, but that just wouldn't... I'm like, we, that was we Billy have Bob that. Thornton, and that's already right. so iconic. And right. and I love David, but you can't compete with Billy Bob and Bad yeah. Santa. So that was not fair. I'm glad it him. was not Bad Santa. No, because we've already got the best of that. Yeah. But I also know since we're here, we all work for we you used to. Mm-hmm. I still work for a studio, and a big thing with executives is if that worked then ours can work. And so it's the same reason you have thousands of dinosaur movies. Uh, Jurassic Park was so amazing, did so well at the box office that... They all want to try they it. They all want to have their own dinosaur movies. Yeah. So it made me think, oh God, this is someone else's version of their bad Santa, and I don't need it. We don't need that. But it had nothing to do with that. Okay, so Violet Night... It starts off with David Harbour, and he's decked out in a stereotypical Santa costume, and he's drinking at a, um, a, a pub in Bristol, England. And from the way he's burping and swaying, it's obvious he's knocked back more than a few. Can I just say, because David Harbour is playing Santa, and since Santa is Santa, yeah. I'm going to refer to him as David or Santa. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I would agree with that. It's not like he's playing Chad Rumsfeld III from... No, no, it's, it, that's easy enough. <laughs> okay. Um, but the main thing you need to know that in this world, David is the Santa. He's the real deal. Uh, another man enters, and he's in a very similar suit to David, but we can tell right away he's your regular run-of-the-mill mall Santa. Yes. And this guy, he sits down, and he assumes... Our David is just another guy working the Santa beat tonight. And you know what? It was so clear in this first scene that David was the real Santa (laughs) compared to the other guy. It was like, you could just tell from the outfit, the vibe. You're like, yeah, this is. (laughs) But but David is the the true Santa, the one that died for our sins and rose again three days later. (laughs) He's he's the real deal. Um, So the two Santas talk shop. What, what's it like working the Santa, the lifestyle of Santa? And our true Santa, he's a bit disillusioned with life. Kids are just little junkies. They, uh, they demand, they don't believe, they want, they rave, they consume. And the real Santa, David, he spots himself in the mirror behind the bar. And with a stern look, he states that this will be his last Christmas. So the stakes are high. <laughs> and, and truthfully... What's crazy is now that you're reminding me of that line, <laughs> I'm kind of like, there wasn't really a a moment in the rest of the film that made me think, oh, this is like, this is his end. Because there was other things that made me think, whatever, we're going to get into no, it. No, but no, I no. was like, okay, but there was no... There was no added stakes with that line. Yeah, no. No, it was just a throwaway. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> confusing line. 
Um, David gets up, he drunkenly stumbles out, and the bartender, she races after him because instead of leaving out the front door, this was cute, he took the back exit, which leads to the roof. And he's so drunk, she's genuinely concerned he's going to fall off the roof and break his neck. But when she gets out onto the roof... Wait, but you're missing, you're missing the piece of this. He hands her a gift and he goes, give this to your grandson, or no, your nephew, Mickey, or something, and it's a gift that he wanted. And she's like, how do you know that I have a nephew, you know, name yeah. that? And he's like, and then he's out the door. Yeah. And then that's when, that's when you, that's when it clicks as the audience member, oh, he's the real Santa Claus. Okay, you think that's when it clicks? Well, that's when it clicked for me. I can't speak oh, on your behalf, okay. but when, okay. when, did you, when did it click for you? I think just the banter between the clearly the mall Santa and him, mm. I just felt like there was something. But that gift thing had no impact on you. The gift thing was fine. I, I'm going to get into the gift, the, the, the bag. <laughs> okay. um, and maybe that's, maybe, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, it's fine. But what really cements it sure. is that she walks out onto that roof and she sees David in his sleigh with his reindeers and they're flying. Yes. Contrary to how gravity Mind works. Mind you, I thought it was hysterical. She goes out there on the roof. Clearly, like, she sees nothing in front of her, right? Mm -hmm. But she's still yelling, uh, where are you? Are you okay? I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, well, he's woman. dead now. <laughs> I was like, woman, he has nowhere to be found. Why do you keep yelling? I know. Like, he's oh. so drunk that he throws up over the sleigh, which lands <laughs> all over her. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was cute. Title cart, black, it's violent night, and away we go. We're in Greenwich, Connecticut. Can I tell you something? <laughs> do you desperately, when you see the word Greenwich, Connecticut written, do you want to go Greenwich? <laughs> oh, first of all, every single okay. time. Okay, I, I have to actively who... stop myself. Me too. Okay. Um... Alex Hassel. Sometimes I hate the English language. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Horrible. That does, that's not, that's Greenwich. <laughs> Alex Hassel, he's waiting out in the snow and he's got an overnight bag with him, which he opens so he can double check that he packed a present that's labeled for mom. This will come into play later. I thought that was cheesy. I was like, oh, okay. Double he, what, he's unzipping the bag just to show us <laughs> it's mom. They could have, they could have skipped that little thread okay that, that whole thing we're just gonna get into it because it just <laughs> okay. gets so weird but a car shows up all smiles he hops in he says hi to his daughter trudy she's about what eight years old yep and he goes let's go see grandma he gets into the passenger side seat and says hello to what we can all assume is his ex-wife or soon to be ex-wife and she is not, not amused <laughs> not in the slightest <laughs> her name is alexis louder the actress and this woman does a side eye. I have never seen like a you woman read do about. Yeah, like okay. I, I fear a side eye. Well, if looks could kill, we'd be, we'd be dead. I have no idea what Alex Hassel did. We're going to kind of learn. But Are whatever we? it was, yeah, a little bit. We're going to learn. But whatever it was, it was bad. And Alex, you know, he thanks Alexis for doing this. And she states, I'm not doing this for you. Of course, meaning she's doing it for Trudy. I know. Uh, God, Trudy, just... their child in the back, clearly hears this. The camera rests on her, and she kind of chooses to ignore it. I thought a little good a little acting from this little girl. Very good. I thought she was quite good um, in this, by the way. Okay, I have some thoughts on this. When you have this type of attitude that Alexis has, is it even worth doing it? Because they say kids pick up on everything. And kids from divorce that have grown up have stated they picked up on everything. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do it, do it. And don't ruin it by making comments under your breath. Yeah, don't, don't um, belittle, like, not even belittle. Belittle is not the right word. I think it is. I think it's a good word. Because then it just makes the whole gesture seem cheap. Well, then, then, and not real. Here, how about this? If you don't think you can do something without making the side eyes and the comments, fine. At least you're self-aware. How the, should so? How should the scene have gone? No, this is just my notes on. I, I think this is great. This is drama. This is why we're here. Yes, yes. But I just want to like just notes on a character. Yes. Like, and my own. This has nothing. The scene should have. This is a great scene. It's yeah. got a lot of drama. It brought up something that made me want to just talk to you about it yeah, in yeah. a sense of like in real life, either do it or don't. But if you're mm-hmm. going to do it, do it and don't make the comments because then there's no point. You might as well have not done it. Yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. That's, yes. I just wanted to talk about it in like a real life context. In a real life context. No, but this you. scene I thought was great yeah. because we are getting this. But my whole thought was just like, if you're going to put yourself through this and go away for the weekend and go to someone else's house and I like my own space, I like, am I going to yeah. do all this? Do it. You know, because right, right. this is not helping. What she's going, what Trudy's going to remember is the side eye, the not indeed. Yeah, like my you know. parents didn't want to do it, but they did it anyway, and it was hell for, for everyone. Well, and then this is when kids start. So, this is when kids start to think, "Oh, is it because of me?" Yeah, yeah. And it's usually it is. <laughs> Everything was great before they had you. <laughs> they had you to fix things, and look, you couldn't do that. You couldn't even do that. <laughs> You had one job. No, so yeah, this was not about me being like, oh, I don't like the scene. I liked this scene. I just wanted to mention that I thought it was kind of like... Cause yeah, in real I life. feel like I'm one of the first generations um, where, I mean, at least I felt like p- people really started to get divorced in my generation. I mean, yeah. there was always divorce. There was always separations and all that stuff. But And now that I'm older and the kids that grew up in divorced homes or older, you do hear a lot of, I'm glad they got divorced. Everything calmed down after they got, like, I would rather be happy yeah. <laughs> than to put on this fake front of a happy family that's, forever. You know, yeah, forever. So I don't know, just interesting. But um, whatever and all that, because Trudy is in a good mood. She watched Home Alone the night before, the Macaulay Culkin I love classic. This. I love Home Alone. Um, and she's doing that thing where she screams when she touches her cheeks because of the. Yeah, he shave. does that. With, he aftershave. He puts aftershave on his bare little face. Can I ask you something? What is up with aftershave? It's called aftershave. So you put it on after you shave. Uh huh. But it causes burning or something. Do you know any? I think it's if you um, if you cut yourself a bunch or something or like that. He, he has very sensitive baby skin. Oh, he's not meant to be shaving or doing right. this whole process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was like, I've always wondered that. I'm like, I think, I think why do men has... put it on then? But you're right. It's because he's too young to be. Okay. And he probably cut himself and got that. Yeah. We arrive at a massive mansion compound. There's even a front gate security guard that greets them from his guardhouse before they enter. His name is Al. He's such a nice guy. And he is not long for this world. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I knew it then, too. When I saw him, I was Same. like, mm. you're not long for this world. Um, it's a family party, and Edie Patterson is Alex's sister, and she's hilarious. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's amazing on the Righteous Gemstones. Do you watch Righteous I Gemstones? I have but I've, I know the show. I will say this about her. She kind of always gets cast as this one character. She does. Which is fine. 
She it, does it very she, well. She does it, you know, she, she's great. But we do kind of always see her in this like, hey, what's up, limp dick, you know. Yeah, kind but of, I kind of, I, I kind of like that for I'm her. I'm fine, yeah. Because just, I know exactly, as soon as I saw her, I was, I was like, like, oh, oh is, I know what this is. This is, is. going to get good. <laughs> this is going to get good. Um, I was like, we're going to have some good one-liners here. <laughs> she predicts this will be the year their mom kicks herself upstairs and names a new heir to run the family company. This nebulous company we will never really understand. Nope. <laughs> Alexis turns to her ex husband and we get that she's kind of trying now and she says you know in the spirit she asks her husband to give her all the new hot goss that's going on with his family and she does use that phrase hot goss which I'm okay yeah and so through Alex we get kind of a rundown on his family so Edie's son Bert is a wannabe pose, uh, poser. He's appropriating hip hop culture yeah. kind of talking to his phone pretending like he's, he's on TikTok yeah it's it's funny. He's, he's like, what up, homies? Here yeah. I am. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Edie's boyfriend, um, Cam Gigandet. I, the actor's name, Cam Gigandet. Yeah, was he, a, was he in a vampire show? He looks oddly familiar. He does. He's playing. Oh, he was in, he was in Twilight. Oh. That's why. Okay. He's playing Morgan Steele. And we're going to get the first taste of this film's tone going so off base that... It boggles my mind. So Morgan Steele, he's telling Edie, his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. that um, if he were on one of the planes during (laughs) 9-11, that it never would have hit the trade towers. And instead, he would have easily fought off the terrorists. And he he specifically mentions how the terrorists would be without parachutes or something like that, right? Um, While, like, I don't, like... Cam did a good, this was a funny performance. I thought Cam did great with what he was given, but this is kind of where we start a pattern with this movie where I just kind of didn't need that for what we were watching. A hundred percent. It's called Violent Night and we're here to have fun and I didn't need to be reminded about 9-11. Right. No, it kind of took me out of the moment. I thought to myself, wait, that was a really horrible. Yeah. And here's the other thing, because I, I, I paused the movie because I, you know, we're here to talk about what worked and what didn't. This movie did make money. They're making a sequel. So it worked. Everything's fine. But I do want to mention this because other comedies have brought up 9-11. Um, Arrested Development, do you watch that show? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. At one point, one of the characters says, oh, it's probably because of my guilt over 9-11 or something. It brought it up, but it, the way they brought it up was, first of all, Arrested Development has that sense of humor. Yes. It's that gallows Kind humor. of that shorthand yeah. with the audience. Uh, the dark humor that helps us kind of laugh at horrible things and It fits the things. tone. It, yeah, it fits the tone. I think what kind of bummed me out about this was there was a specific mention of the terrorists and how they would be flying out of the planes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was because other comedies too. I've heard 9-11 jokes in a lot of other comedies, but there was something. This character was very out of touch with the whole film. I felt like yeah. every time he spoke, I was like, is he in a different movie? <sighs> and I and I've, I kind of put that on the writers because I think the no, actor absolutely there wasn't he did the best he, he could with this he was he playing could. around he was yes. making himself look like an asshole which he is but and, like a dumb asshole yeah and also um it's not like I was offended no I wasn't that's offended either like, when it just people take, write, it just took you out of it yeah when people write jokes and then the joke doesn't land sometimes I feel like lesser comedians go oh it's because they were offended and it's cancel culture and I can't say anything edgy no I, sometimes it's just not fucking funny I, I, it yeah. kind of dragged yeah it, it was a bummer it was weird so okay but 
I have a thought. He's an actor, and he, we later learn he wants his... The reason he's dating Edie is because he wants her mom to fund his movie. So why not... We can get the same thing. Why not tell us about his new movie and how he's going to do his own stunts, and maybe there's something about the plot of his new movie that he wants to get made that... Um, kind of connects to what we're about to watch or something like that. Or, yeah, say something along those lines and then it all comes, you know, together later when he brings it up with their Yeah, because, of course, spoiler alert, he's not the big hero that he claims he's going to be and he certainly wouldn't have done anything on those planes in 9-11. He, we're going to find out he runs out of the house. So, like, I don't know. It was bad, but it's not going to be the last time we're no. kind of brought up something that's so, like... Anyway. Bizarre. <laughs> I mean, we've... You know what would have been great is if the movie he was trying to get made was kind of like so closely resembled like Die Hard. Because we've already mentioned, and we have a lot of things in this movie where we mention famous movies, Christmas movies. And and someone could go like, wow, that... That really sounds a lot like Die Hard. <laughs> you know, like, it could be like an exact plot. Yeah, and he's like, no, this is different because you know, because I mean, I'm starring in it. <laughs> anyway, it, 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 bad example, but better than what we had. Yeah. So it's mom's entrance, and Edie gets her boyfriend and son to stand up front and center. There's a lot of golden child trying to be the golden child situation, and mom enters. It's our icon, Beverly D'Angelo. You might remember her from your youth when you were watching movies on Comedy Central and they played Chevy Chase's National Lampoon Vacations over and over again. She's the mom on those. She's fantastic. But Alex, Trudy's dad, if you remember, because it's been a while since we've talked about him and the main character. I don't know who the... The main character is so nebulous, too, in this film. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no no main character. Maybe Santa Claus. Yeah, but Alex is over and he's not going to suck up to his mom like he usually does, which starts to give us our hints that maybe... Beverly he did something for yeah, his mom. That yeah, somehow mom got involved in his marriage. Um, we're back to David, David Harbour. He keeps getting depressed because every house he visits, the list that he sees from kids cash. is asking for cash, not the joy, not the spirit. It's, not a best friend. No. Oh, my God. Not cute so things. Cute. I yeah. know. It's after dinner, and Trudy and Alex and Alexis are hanging out next to a warm fire, and Trudy is a bit worried. This mansion has so many fireplaces. How does Santa know which chimney to use? Which I thought was a great line. It's so funny how often this movie sets up things so well and then doesn't set up. Oh, I know. There are so many great moments. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you really could have played off this. Yeah. Yeah. So Mama assures her, don't worry. Santa knows. It's all good. Trudy does get upset, though, because Dad never took her to see Santa at the mall. I will say that's a huge fumble because your kid... You yeah. only so many years. You only have so many years where they believe. Yeah. And so, and not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna swear that word, but it's like, you know, this is probably her last year of believing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there's only so many years your kid will believe in Santa. But if your kid was in my class <laughs> in kindergarten, did you blurt it out to everyone? One day. I have this such a memory because my mom, man, one day it was like a weekend. <laughs> it must have been first grade. It dawns on me, and like we're not even in the season. It, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh my God, there's no Santa!" Like it just dawned on me, and so no joke. And I'm like, "Who?" But wait, but wait, think, think of that. Who is it? Who is Santa? I was like, "Your parents probably write those notes." Oh my gosh! Like just like this was, you know. So I marched my little ass into school on Monday, and I proceed to tell everyone. <laughs> you asshole! I know. I know. I I was one of those kids. It was, it was just like, you guys, you will not believe this. 
We have been wrong. Yeah. And then I remember like, but then who, what, what, how do you explain those footprints of sand? Of, of like, you know. Your um, parents are fucking creative. That's my, what they are. My dad put the boot in, you know, know. whatever. I can't remember. Flour. But yeah. I didn't know it was flour, but I, but I was very certain they wrote the notes. Yeah. And that they ate the cookies. Yeah, of course they and did. And I marched in, and it was uh, probably around Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, it wasn't even. <laughs> and, and my mom got phone calls. Of course. And she did. didn't even know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything to them. Why should I? The, the liars. <laughs> I don't even remember being that mad about it. I was just like, yeah, I got this figured out. <laughs> it tracks. Yeah. Wait, wait. She was like, lazy. <laughs> what? Did you know there was no Santa? Yeah. <laughs> no thanks to you. <laughs> How long were you going to keep that away from me, Mom? Huh? I just remember being like, "Yeah, no, this is this is." So that was fun. <laughs> I I I think it just kind of the kids that you know. I think it just kind of simmered over. It wasn't anything long lasting. But then I changed schools not because of that, but just because. Oh, that's what they told you. And okay. yeah, no, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and then around third grade, because I remember in third grade it was like, "Hush, don't say anything," because this kid still believes in Santa. And I remember mm. specifically thinking. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna have a long life if they haven't figured it out by now. You know, like, like, oh yeah. Why am I not surprised? It's that one. Okay. Um. Here's the thing, though. You were an only child. Yes. It's very different when you're an only child versus when you have siblings, especially ones that are younger than you. So obviously, my older brother knew for years. Yeah. He played along so fucking well. He deserves oh, an. He, he deserves an Oscar. Yeah. Really, he does. And then um, my parents obviously didn't tell me until I was, I think, nine or ten. Okay. But mind you, my younger sister, she's two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, if we tell, if we tell. Wait, you didn't figure it out? You needed to be told? I mentioned, <laughs> I, I mentioned something in my mom's car. We were doing shopping for something, mm-hmm. and I mentioned Santa or something like that. And she was like, oh. <laughs> God damn it, Juliet. <laughs> you didn't fucking figure it out already. I don't um, want you to be that weird kid, so here you go. <laughs> she goes, no, he's not real. You must know that. Oh, my God. And I was like, I didn't. <laughs> I, I know like, now. But it kind of makes sense now. <laughs> And I was like, wait, so you guys buy... Because my, my parents also did this thing where we got, obviously, gifts from Santa, but then obviously gifts from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Gifts you know, from Santa and gifts from the parents. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think most people do that. But then, um, and obviously, you know, there's different wrapping paper. Yeah. Um, but I was like, but does that mean you got everything? Yeah. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, but that's so much money. Mm-hmm. And then I started freaking out, like, about finances. Oh, my like, God. Dad. You're such an econ major. <laughs> I started freaking out about finances. I was like, but, Mom, that's so much money. Like, how much did you guys spend on us? Because of both? And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, we wouldn't be spending... We wouldn't be buying the stuff if we couldn't do yeah. it. So like just, you know, be grateful and play along for your sister. Of course, my sister found out the same year I did, so it was really short-lived pretending. But um That's hilarious. It just it did ruin Christmas though. Like once you know, yeah. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, the magic really did disappear. I have no idea. It's such a mystery what happened that day, but <laughs> It was like warm outside, nowhere near Christmas, and I just... That doesn't make sense. Um, So 
We're back. Trudy's upset. And, and of course, Alexis is upset too. This was something the dad was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But Alex, he races down and he finds like a walkie-talkie. And this, this house is so big, big, there's a gift wrapping room. Mm-hmm. And he goes down to that room and he finds an old walkie-talkie. And he wraps it up and he gives it to Trudy. And he says that she can talk to Santa using this walkie-talkie. And granted, Santa's very busy tonight. So he's not going to respond. So Santa lands at our mansion. He goes down the chimney. He eats the cookies. He finds a massage chair that looked fantastic. <laughs> and he takes a nice little break. Good for him. He Love deserves this. it. Love it's a busy day. Um, it's time. The bad guys make their opening move. And this Finally, involves... Fuck. no. This involves one of the bad guys coming into the security camera operating room. This guy, his job is to monitor all the cameras in this big mansion. And... The <laughs> there's so there's there's jokes in this film that are so like out of pocket, but uh, this main henchman he says to our camera operator he goes you know what my favorite part of Christmas is Boxing Day, which so I learned a couple years ago in Britain they have a day the day after Christmas they call it Boxing Day because yes. they put everything in boxes, but he you know. This is a homonym. We're in homonym territory. The, the one of the most hilarious of jokes. God. <laughs> and he he then boxes. He knocks him out. You know. Yeah. I was like, whew, that was that was rough. <laughs> um, but where were you? Whoever wrote that line, where were you for the nine eleven joke? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, our boy Al, he's in the guardhouse. Yep. And he's not a millionaire. You know. <laughs> no, not even close. He's, he's just trying to have a day's work. God, you do know that his hours are numbered <laughs> right off the bat. It's so like, I kind of, I'll get into it later, but I know this is called Violent Night again, but it's still Violent Night starring Santa. I know. Um, and uh, John Leguizamo. Am I pronouncing Leguizamo? He, I think that's pretty close. He's a Shakespearean trained actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I shouldn't say that, I, but he's when he's in Shakespeare, he's very good. I don't yes. know if he's a Shakespearean trained actor, but he shows up and I was like, where, what are you doing, sir? Why are you get out of stage left, stage left, save yourself. You no business John, being here. John run. Sorry. He entered the wrong set. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. He's doing something really great. Soundstage John, over. John soundstage 12, please. He's very talented, but he's been drinking. <laughs> so he wanted a paycheck. God love him. But, he stumbled into the- he stumbled into the wrong movie. He's a talented man. Not that David isn't, but you know, <laughs> I don't know why John's here. But he shows up out of nowhere, and um, he just straight up execution style kills Al. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> he was a good man. Turns out the caterers that were working that night for this party, they all have code names: uh, Krampus, Jolly, Jingle mistletoe they need this yeah they amass their forces we're only 30 minutes into the film <laughs> only. and so gunshots ruin the mood and santa even hears them up on his massage chair in this other room of the house the head of security grabs beverly d'angelo and they take her to her panic room but the panic room is meant for Beverly, the matriarch. It's not meant for her kids. No. Nope. <laughs> the kids are racing after her. And they get into this room, but John Leguizamo comes out. And John, he takes down those security guards. He gives us a bah humbug, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, David Harbour, he wants to get out of there. So he goes to the chimney, and for some random reason, he taps his nose. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like there's a little, like a power surge. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? Because we've seen him going in and out of chimneys. Not that much, but yes, I agree. This starts an, uh, another issue with this movie, that there, certain things are not set up. We don't, we don't know how his magic works. Not at all. Nope. When and why did he have to pat his nose? We see him move mystically through a lit chimney, but he's like, oh, damn, my special nose power isn't working. At the same time this is happening, his reindeer are like... Peace, bro. Yeah, and they <laughs> race off. And they leave their fearless leader, Santa, <clears throat> in the dust. A henchman enters the room and s- that Santa is in and starts a big fight where Santa is getting his ass kicked. All the while, he keeps tapping his nose. But Santa is able to stab the guy, and he chucks him out of a window. But during the fight, the guys have inadvertently wrapped themselves around Christmas tree lights. Yeah. Christmas tree lights and being wrapped around them is going to be the theme of this film yes we're gonna have a lot of lights lights are holding us down when the henchman flies through the window to his death he drags david with him so david is so annoyed that his reindeer took off without him and this is you i had a question in this i was like okay how is he gonna get him back it's gonna be the whole plot of this it's really not it's nothing (laughs) it's absolutely nothing i'm gonna go out on here and i'm gonna say i know why the reindeer have to leave for the script yeah because santa has to be stuck here he has to save the day right that makes sense so that Santa becomes this reluctant leader. But here's why immediately it doesn't work. <laughs> because David starts walking off into the proverbial sunset. He's got to get out of there and the reindeer have stranded him. But the, the man still has options. He can get out of there. He can call for help. But he looks back and he sees the family under guard in the living room. And he sees little Trudy. <laughs> and he decides to stay. So I'm going to pitch this to you. Wouldn't it have been so fun to have David get on a sleigh, pull out with his reindeer, turn back, he sees Trudy, and he decides to stay, and with the help of his reindeer, he saves the day? I mean, I would have loved to see Rudolph, like, back kick some bad guy henchman, like, no, the reindeers aren't going to, like, charge the house, but they could be at different exit points. Right. Boom. Ah! Get some guy in the nuts with his hind leg, like... This this world has been built for this silliness. Yes. Uh, uh, reindeer trampling on some guy. Yep. Reindeer going after the guys. We're going to see guys on snowmobiles. Yep. The reindeer could have been little sergeants, I little know. helpers. But instead, they're like, fuck this. So in the living room, John, he's telling the family his, his plan. He has spent months planning this. And Beverly D'Angelo tells John that if he had done his research, he would have known that in the 70s, Beverly's brother was kidnapped, but her own father never offered up the ransom money. He simply had his kill squad come and kill the, the kidnappers. Immediately, I'm thinking, okay, all right. Oh, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. This is interesting. Like, somehow, maybe John's connected to this. Right. Did you have that thought when she said this stuff? When she was saying this, I was like, oh, shit. Like, is she? I thought, Wow. Maybe we're going to find more about this twisted family and have like some mystery come out. The family hidden mystery, right? I just thought it was going to turn interesting, but it did not. Instead, (laughs) John's like, you have $300 million in your safe downstairs to grease the wheels and keep oil flowing through the Middle East. It seems so extreme. (sighs) 
Somehow. All you needed was five million in the safe, really. You didn't need 300 million. And you didn't need to fake this oil connection in order for this to it all be believable. So now we're dealing with the turmoil of the Middle East. I know. So what the hell is going on? But then we don't stop there because John says, and because of that, the poor people in this country don't even have money for coal and they're freezing. And I was like, huh? No, it was honestly, some of the dialogue here, I just thought, this is, you're really reaching, folks. You're really reaching. forget about the kidnappers from the 70s. Forget about that. That, That's nothing. And then we've got hush money that's being paid out to oil barons in the Middle East. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Because now John brings up that there is a safe in the house and that the very money in it, he wants it. So it's, it's like... But we never find out why. It's like such a complicated issue. But, but this is really just about robbing this family. And I, I'm just like, why couldn't, couldn't it have been that but also, in the beginning? But also, I thought there was going to be a reason why he was robbing this family. Like, was he it, just wants the money. No, but I know. I thought, oh, was he... I, this, yeah, I thought there'd be meat there. I'd be, yeah, exactly. I thought it was like, oh, your father, you know, fired me from a job. Oh, and guess what? It, they didn't kidnap your brother. There? Your brother planned the whole thing. Or, or you know, right, he was my your, dad. Or <laughs> your, your brother, you know, basically said he was going to blackmail your father if X, Y, Z. Yeah. And so they planned the whole kidnapping thing just so that it wasn't uh, released to the world. Yeah. Whatever, that there was a, yeah, that the blackmail, you know, was going to go out to the world. <laughs> Whatever it was. Honestly, there are so, so many, many things, things that, that could have been said, but there was nothing said, and there was no reason for the robbery. Okay, how do you, how do you write a whole film about a violent night based on a robbery and not say why you're robbing other than the fact that you want to rob? I, I, I Every robbery know. movie, there is a motive yeah. behind it. Besides getting the money, there's always a reason why people want the money. <laughs> It's like I have to pay off debts. I ha- I want I need I am wanted by the FBI and I need to flee this country. Yeah. Whatever it is, there's always a reason and there was no reason in this. It was and so it was mind boggling and I and I think I kept watching even though I fell asleep in this twice. <laughs> I I kept thinking we will get to the bottom of this. There is no bottom. But we go down to the vault and it's a rather impressive green screen vault. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it, folks. And John is like, I miss the old days when a man could open a vault with a screwdriver and a stethoscope to his ear. Or something along those lines. I don't think that's exactly what he said, but it was like, you know, kind of like implied like that. And he's setting up that cracking the safe. I kind of thought it was lazy writing. Yeah. He's setting it up that the, cracking the safe is going to be incredibly complex, but that will also be pointless. They don't want to set up the nose power that Santa has, Correct. but they're setting up this safe like it's Fort Knox. But really, spoiler alert, they're just going to have the key card to the safe. hundred percent. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real complex. Yeah. We go back to David Harbor and he's now back in the mansion. And again, we learn a new thing about him. So he's in a room. He's going through it. And he's talking to himself and he's pulling out presents from his magical bag. Mm -hmm. And he's pulling out video game after video game because that's also one of his complaints in the beginning is all kids want is video games and cash. Yep. Nothing exciting, nothing, no chess, whatever. And he says, why couldn't anybody wish for a rocket launcher? Or no, he doesn't say a rocket launcher. He says, why couldn't anybody wish for a sword or a a Molotov cocktail? Mm -hmm. Because he's pulling out all these things. Um, And in the scene... 
the bag, he reaches in and he pulls out gifts, but he has no idea what he's about to pull out until he sees it himself. And it's wrapped, so it's still a guess, but you can kind of tell. Yeah. So one of the bad guys enters and he's looking around and David pulls out different presents from his bag. This would have been so cool to see the type of stuff being pulled out of his bag and him using it to fight the bad guys off with. And some would argue, oh, Yvette, he did do this because at first he pulls out a doll. So he makes the most of it and he hits the bad guy on the head, which doesn't do a lot of damage, but it does give him the jump on this henchman. But instead of him continuing to use this tool, this bag of presents, pulling out various objects and using his imagination and his cleverness to utilize what he pulls out of his bag, instead he randomly pulls out like a gift-wrapped pole, like yep. a metal gift-wrapped pole. It's, that's what it is because mm-hmm. that's how he uses it. And then he completely forgets about the bag and he puts cue balls from the pool table into a stocking and he uses that as a weapon. So it was just such a missed I was opportunity. Like, oh, did, well, I was like, oh, did he... I, I thought maybe the bag got thrown in the fight or something and he didn't have access to it at a certain point, so he had to think fast, but You know still, what I, I hate to say... I. Have you ever heard that phrase when someone says, I hope you step on a Lego? Yeah. How cool would it... Because here, again, spoiler alert, they only want Trudy to do these fun Home Alone traps. Yeah. Which did not work for me to the point where I was so annoyed. Yep, same. And how great would it have been if he's pulling out things and he's figuring out what to do Booby with traps this. traps need how, to be happy. And he pulls out Lego sets and he yeah, puts them... Sets them up, they sneak around, they step on them. And I'm not saying he has to make elaborate, but like no, 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 just no. baiting things with different, like using that creativity of what he pulls out. Of Maybe the back. he builds something that one of the people, yeah. the bad guys, would relate to, and they look at it, and then he gets them from behind. Yeah, anything could have been better than him pulling out a doll, than him pulling out a metal pole, yep. and then him forgetting about the bag. Or getting separated from the bag, yep. and then just using a stocking stuffer and pool cubes. Now, one of the things that I I had here, and this is just me, just kind of riffing off of it. So he's around. It seems to me that they never state this, and they kind of don't go along with this. But this bag needs rules. All of his stuff needs rules. That's why we're so confused. The bag in proximity to who he's around matches the gifts that he pulls out. You brought it up when he's at the bar. In the beginning, mm-hmm. he pulls out a present that just so happens to be what this woman needs. He's close to her. Well, I thought that they were going to do that when he was pulling him out as he was fighting off the, the many people mm-hmm. at once When because he, he eventually starts talking to each of them and using their real names. And, yes, yes, yes. And I thought he was going to give them each a gift that maybe them as a child yeah. wanted. Yeah, something to kind of mess Ma- with them, get make them... Make them think, oh, this really is Santa. Yeah. Because they don't believe... The guy John doesn't believe yeah. that he is Santa Claus. Exactly. So he's But around, they never did that. No, they didn't. He's around this henchman. What would he pull out? Coal. What can he put in the stocking stuffer? Coal. Oh, that's very clever of that. And why are we using pool cubes? Shit, that's very clever. Yeah. And he, he's got a lot of coal that he can use. Yeah, he just it's, it's fistfuls of coal. And that hurts, dude. That f- well, that might hurt more it's than not- a cue ball because it's there it can be pretty sharp. I mean, and you can set them on fire. And you can set them on fire. I, I, I don't, and they get not, I mean, coal obviously doesn't get on fire in the no, way, no, but, but it gets can, very hot. It's a hot rock. Hot, yes. Yeah. But anyway, it's just these little things where I'm like it could have been so cool to see. so he pulls out 
a Nerf gun and he doesn't use the Nerf gun to fire at someone but to bash their eye out or all of these different things. Things weren't used properly. No. The, the props was, and the items used from the sack were not used to... It uh, wasn't effective. I'm, I'm totally fine and I liked that he used the doll. Because he's got to use something. He's got to get the drop on this guy. I think at one point he pulls out, it's probably like a little ukulele or something. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, like this makes sense. He's pulling out kind of, mm-hmm. you know, obviously fun random objects that yeah. maybe aren't helpful, but he can use. But it, it still wasn't. You know what I'm even okay with is giving him a little help. Because one of the things you don't want to do with your characters is you don't want to help them out. But there is something fun about him pulling out a baseball helmet, um, a pitcher's glove, a baseball. And then he's like, come on, there's a bat in here somewhere. Know, that would have been know, funny. Like, that would have been funny. Eventually, he's going to get this bat. You know, Come on. Come like, on. Where's the, bat? where's the bat? You know? the bat. And, and as the audience, you're like, yeah, shit, shit, shit. John and Santa, they finally connect over walkie-talkies. And Santa tells John that he wants John and his crew to leave this family alone. And gosh darn it, he wants his reindeer to return. And he wants to just finish this night. And John's like, what the hell is going on with this guy? So John goes back into the room with the family, and um, he's like, there's this living room where the family is kept for the majority of the film. And he says to them, who did you hire to play Santa? This guy's already killed two of my men. And Trudy, little baby Trudy, steps up, and she says she's been talking to Santa on her walkie-talkie. And John is questioning Trudy, but her dad, Alex, is like, oh, God damn it, you know? Yeah. In an attempt to get Trudy to step down to keep her off the henchman's radar, he tells her that Santa isn't real. And this is legit funny. There is a henchman in this movie that I think stole the show. His code name is Krampus. And he looks to Alex. All the henchmen are kind of like, ugh. <laughs> like they're disgusted with him. Yeah, like, how dare you? That was, that was, look, that was we might be holding guns to your head, but we just didn't, we didn't just tell a child that there's no Santa. <laughs> like, how horrible are you? Yeah. <laughs> and we go back. Wow, you just ruined Christmas. Yeah, like, yeah. Blame us. We but might we be know. killing everyone around you, but you just ruined Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Even Al's Job family well would agree. <laughs> you went too far. Yeah, it was really funny. And we go back to Santa, and who is a very real in this world and is legitimately beat up. And he takes off his Santa outfit, and this is awesome. We see, like, Viking tattoos on him. Yep. And he lights a candle. And he uses the flame to disinfect a needle and he stitches himself up using uh, Christmas wrapping paper as medical gauze. It's kind of funny. He passes out from pain and has a dream of himself as a Viking in uh-huh. a war. Uh-huh. I wrote in my notes, I hope we explore this thread. It's so fun. The idea of who he was before the whole Santa gig. But we, n- we never find out how. No, no, we don't. I know there are a lot of different origin stories about Santa, and I know that each culture kind of has a, their own take, their on own it. Santa or their own take. Um, I know that in the states, the way our Santa looks and behaves was greatly shaped by the Coca Cola company, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's just so funny. Um, but I swear, I've never heard anything to do with the Vikings. Santa being a Viking, I guess no, it's me a thing. Okay. One of the va- so the, our main bad guy that I love, Krampus. He's holding the family hostage and he has them open their presents. And Edie's boyfriend gives the mom Beverly a pitch deck <laughs> for his movie that he wants to make. And he points out how on the last page it lists the financial obligations needed for this thing. And Beverly is so annoyed. And God, this pitch deck would have been so much more fun if we already knew about the movie, right? Right. And the concept. 
instead of him doing that 9 11 show. Sprinkling throughout, we would have been like, which would have been great. And again, I go back to this is bad example, but uh, everyone that's die hard, dude. Right. (laughs) That's the plot to die hard. (laughs) You can't can't just copy it. (laughs) It, You know, um, but instead, we we went to 9 11. I guess after Alex told Trudy that Santa wasn't real, she ran off and the hostages kind of let her run off. Yeah, yeah they she felt, just went to the attic. Okay, so she goes to the attic and... Um, she's been talking to Santa. Yeah, she's been talking to Santa via this magical thing. And Santa... They're in their own movie together. Yeah. Santa tells her that his real name is Nicomum LaRue. Was that what something you heard? Like something like that. Yep. He was a Viking and his weapon of choice was a hammer, like Thor's. Yep. Thor's me honor. It looked exactly like Thor's. Yeah, but Santa's hamper was uh, Santa's hammer was named Skull Crusher, and he tells Trudy he would kill three people in a single blow with this thing. He was mean and greedy. He wanted gold and jewels, but thankfully, with Trudy's help, he now sees the past error in his ways, and he's going to use his dark past to save the day. I don't know. Uh, I just I was, <laughs> but I'm still into it. I'm still into him being a Viking. Yes, yes, yes. Um, John is able to capture Santa really quickly. um, (laughs) Well, John, uh, you know, uh, Santa, they knocked him out and he's coming to, we then get yet another origin story for John. He's not here because he cares about the hush money to the oil barons in the Middle East. He's not Mm -hmm. here because of the seventies brother that was kidnapped. Right. And he's not even really here for the money. He's here because his dad got fired on Christmas day and Christmas is the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Yep. Again, I just wanted to tell John, John, you're in the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, he's... I, Why are is, you here? Uh, you only have so much time in your life and you need a break every so often. You're so talented. And he's doing what he can with this. He can, but it's just, I don't see what drew him to this. I really don't. This backstory does nothing for me. No. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, really? You're upset about your, your dad you know, mm-hmm. lost his job on Christmas and, mm-hmm. and, and you were also terrible, horrible, horrible. I don't any, it's uh, that this would have been great yes, but if there was great. none of that other no, no, stuff. No. It would have been great if John's dad was fired by this family. Oh my God. You just unlocked a whole new level. I just that makes so much sense. I just don't, there's That's otherwise there's so no other brilliant. reason. That's so brilliant. And, and go rob a bank, go rob a store. It, anything. It, that yeah, it's not such... 300 million, but 300 million is a shit ton of money for no reason. Oh, that is such a good, that is so good. It, keep it simple. It's called Violet Night. We're yep. not here for a big, intense thing. Keep it simple. Keep it tight. Yeah. Keep it in the family. <laughs> so this is so strange, but the henchmen and John, they get distracted by fake snow that Trudy's able to pour into this room. And then for some random reason, his... Santa touches his nose and it's, his nose is now working and he goes up through the chimney. Yep. I, I don't know why. I don't know. Either. But thank God because... He would have definitely been slaughtered. Yes. We have an extraction team on their way. They're the bad guys and they're going to help. They're, they're on snowmobiles. They're in these white, crisp camouflage suits or, you know, tactical gear. And they're coming to the house. Their plan on the snowmobiles is to... $300 million, that's not... That Nothing. weighs a ton, you know? So they're going to, that's part of it, to get, to extract our bad guys from this house. And um, back in the room, finally, we get the scene we always knew was coming was Edie's boyfriend, Morgan Steele. He gets the drop on one of the henchmen. He gets a good hit on him, but then he quickly saves his own skin and runs out. And Morgan Steele, he runs on out, 
And the extraction team greets him. Morgan, of course, assumes they're the good guys coming to rescue them. They are not. They shoot him down dead. I, I'm okay with that. Me I too. Didn't, I didn't care. Yeah, that's fine. Um, again, for the sequel, I would have liked to see Morgan. I, I, I kind of like the idea of everyone kind of... Kind of coming back. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a simple woman. Um, the extraction team, they meet up with John Leguizamo, and they tell him... And John tells him, there's like this rogue hero, Santa. <laughs> and the extraction team leader is like... Um, it's time to handle this guy. And he goes, let's send in the beta team. So the extraction team leader and John and his crew, they go down to the vault and they open it with no problem. No drama here. But when they open the vault, it's empty. The beta team is coming for Santa. And Santa is down and out. We haven't mentioned this yet, but Santa has um, a high-tech minority report looking naughty and nice list. Yep. God, that was dumb. Um, it, it's fine. It doesn't need a big intro. It doesn't help him or anything. But the idea is he keeps kind of looking at this very high-tech list. And when he, the beta team is nearing, so he pulls out his list and he sees that the list of bad guys, the naughty list, is getting longer and longer and longer, meaning he's outgunned, he's outclassed, he's outmaneuvered, he is outmanned. He's, the beta team is coming. And so he gets into a tool shed on the property and he tells Trudy that the naughty list just keeps growing. And while he's talking to her, the beta team is setting up. Santa is down and out. He's clutching a child's walkie-talkie. And the hero can't be the hero if he doesn't overcome major obstacles. He sees a large hammer that looks like it's meant to nail down train track spikes. Mm -hmm. The last person to use this was Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) The beta team, they would have easily succeeded in taking Santa down if they had simply fired their weapons. (laughs) But that's okay. (laughs) we can't have that okay this is where i started to feel a little claustrophobic did you notice because we go back and the only real room in the house like we go to other rooms we're in hallways whatever but the only real room in the house okay there are honestly there are only three sets in this movie the outside of the house and all the areas that they go outside of the house the main living room where the family is being held yep and then the shed which doubled as the attic for Trudy. Totally. Three, three, three sets. And like the one bedroom. Um, back in the main living room, Alex admits that he was the one that stole all of that money that was in the safe. And his plan was to leave with his wife and daughter the following day with the money, thereby screwing over his family. When, pray tell, when did he go down to the vault and without anyone noticing, move $300 million to, spoiler alert, hide in the manger out that's out, set up outside? I think it was stolen before this evening. Oh, okay. Without his um, mother knowing. Oh, man. Meanwhile, Trudy is put together. But do you think that's what the gift was to his mom? Yeah, the gift to his mom was like a fuck you letter with a bottle of wine or something like that. Her favorite whiskey. Okay. Her, yeah, okay. <laughs> but the mother doesn't seem upset by it. Oh my God. Like almost, oh, I, I was, she was hoping, proud of him. Yeah, no, I think she was like, you know what? You pulled this one over my eyes, you know, the wool over my eyes on this one, kid, and I owe you that one. So I taught you well. So <laughs> weird. Um, David grabs a sled. Oh, now it just gets crazy. Everyone's fighting everyone. The family's getting the jump on the henchman. David grabs a sled and he's racing after the henchman. Um, John and Dave, they get to an abandoned house which I'm counting as part of the shed set, by the way, because honestly, this was probably made out of the damaged parts of that shed that happened while shooting those fight scenes. In the background, there's a broken down chimney. John and David get into a big fight. 
fisticuffs and David, after nearly losing the fight, getting pushed back all the way to the chimney because John's character is wearing snow boots and David is just slipping all over. Um, David is able to grab John Leguizamo and he taps his nose and this is such a bummer that this was never set up and I still don't understand the rules of this power because it does become the final trick because he taps his nose and while David goes up the chimney in his golden magical form, John is pulled through the chimney as his mortal form and it's really gross, very violent. That's great. I just wanted to know the rules. So out of nowhere, David is shot by the extraction team leader and this this kind of annoyed me because I was like, you're not that big of a character. I don't know why you're allowed. I kind of wish they had like Krampus because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was such a fun... Yeah, yeah, he, I kind of wish he... he was he, more part of the story. Yeah, David is dying a Santa and Trudy is very upset. And um, I want to say I'm totally fine with this because David Harbour calls it out. The script calls it out. And when you call things out, it kind of puts a big Band-Aid on it in a way. And also this is a fictional, fun... Yeah, story, but everyone goes around, the whole family is there, and everyone goes around, and they say that they believe in Santa, and David wakes up back from the dead. And they're all, they all really did it well. They were like, you were dead. You were dead, dude. And, And David's like, well, I don't really understand all this magic, to be honest, but uh, Christmas, Christmas magic, that's why I'm here. I was okay with that. Yeah. I didn't, I, I want very specific rules for certain things, but I was okay with them believing in Santa, clapping their hands, yes. and Tinkerbell lives again. I, yes. I was just okay I was with fine that. With that too. Um, his backstabbing reindeer show up, and understandably, <laughs> <laughs> David's pissed. Um, yeah. David spots in his sleigh his reindeer have um, his spare Christmas sack, so that's all up in a nice, neat bow. And David then sees Skull Crusher, his battle axe, and there's a note that says, thought you might need this, and it's signed Mrs. Claus. That was cute. Yeah. Um, Everyone says their goodbyes, and this is probably the first time. Usually, you know, Juliet, you and I talk about how they threaten us with a sequel. Yep. This is the first time I've ever seen a movie in my life where I am very interested in the sequel. Interesting. And the reason why is because, first of all, the idea of watching a movie with David Harbour as a, a Viking Santa and um, I, I know... I can see the appeal. I know that the sequel is going to be focusing on Mrs. Claus. They're mm-hmm. going to bring bringing in Mrs. Claus. And um, I would not say no to watching David Harbour as a this, this character and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> okay. Um, the main problems with this movie, in my humble opinion, the tone, bringing up the dead terrorist of 9-11, God, the hush money going to oil barons in the Middle East. We don't need this. Rand, Poor pointless. kids unable to buy coal to stay warm. We don't need... Along with their complete disregard for setting up anything that was really actually important and helped yep. fuel the movie. But, um, you know, here it is. This is my easy fix. We first see Santa in a pub in England. He's getting drunk. And a mall Santa walks in. We've been over this, but hear me out. This is the place where Santa can talk about and show off his gadgets and be like, 
um, I mean, bad example, but see this bag, I pull out presents. When I'm close to someone, I get the presents they deserve, even if it's a lump of coal or not. I tap my nose, but if I'm not feeling it or if I, you, whatever, I don't know what the rules were for tapping your nose. Those people believe it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what the rule is for that, yeah, but yeah. at least, you know. And he's in a bad mood, and when you're in a bad mood and drinking at a pub and you meet someone you're never going to see again, we all kind of... You just let loose a little bit. Yeah. Because you're like, there's low stakes to that reveal. And and this is my naughty or nice list. It looks like it's out of minority part, right? (laughs) The elves worked on it. I don't, you know, whatever. And the mall Santa could have been sitting there, including the bartender going, what the? Right. Exactly. Um, It would have been fine and it worked and it would have worked. But that said, I am legitimately excited for this sequel because if it features Mr. Claus, Mrs. Claus and uh, David Harbour as Santa having a very sexy, volatile relationship. <laughs> um, did you already think of casting for Mrs. Claus? Salma Hayek. <laughs> oh, my God. <gasps> so, like, they get into it. Oh, my God. I support this. <sighs> okay, well, now it can only be her. Santa <laughs> lifting Mrs. Claus onto a washing machine that's currently in the rinse and spin cycle. Ah! <laughs> I would spend money to see this film. And the tagline for the movie could be, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) But the last ho spelled with an E, you know? I'm not just making this a porno with David Harbour and Selma Hayek, but that's okay. I know, guys. I know we said in the Blonde episode that we don't review pornos, but maybe (laughs) Yvette is... I would watch that movie like I've never watched a movie before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Instant four-star classic. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, all in all, it it had a good... We got there. We got there. So, oh, am I going to have to ask you now? What? No, usually you're the one that... (gasps) You're right. So zero out of four stars. What would you give this film? Tell us. This is really hard for me because I fell asleep twice. Oh, God. And I just... <laughs> At least you didn't watch it on your phone. That's true. I did watch it on a big screen. Okay. But I... There was not... I, it felt just really pointless to me because we didn't know anything about Santa's powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, creatively speaking. Also, a lot of the jokes fell flat for me, pulled away. Like, some of the writing was weak. Yeah. Um. And then ultimately the robbery just being, it just really, the robbery hung on such a flimsy motivated factor that I just was like, huh? Mm-hmm. That is why they're robbing? So tell us, you're down now. You have to make a decision. Zero to four stars. What would you give this film? It's hard because it's, I, I think back to films we've discussed. So again, we said this in the beginning. We came at this film knowing it was just going to be fun and silly, Pretty but we silly. still wanted to make some points. I, I would give this one and a half. Yeah. I think, you know what? I'm going to copy you. I'm going to give it one and a half. And the reason I'm giving it one and a half is because I am legitimately, if they come up with a good Mrs. Claus and if they give me what I want yeah, watch, I think they'll get, I'm not saying a hardcore R-rated no, sex no, no. scene, but I'm definitely saying, I definitely want to see Mrs. Claus. In a hot tub together or something. <laughs> yeah. Like um, <laughs> you know? No, look, I, I think there's huge marketability and production value to a sequel. Yeah. And I can see why studios would be anxious to get this out. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. We want to wish you a happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year. And it'll be, when we see you, it'll be season two. 
Yeah, so send us your requests <laughs> if you have any for movies that you've seen that you want us to talk about because we love we love, you know, just watching <laughs> crazy sh- stuff. And- <laughs> All right. Have a merry merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Yay. Bye. Bye.